and that will help the team get more than five wins. So, you know, we could all sit here and point fingers at him at, you know, at the end of the season saying, I told you so, or it would be more of the same, or, you know, we'll, we'll all be sitting here eating crow. I'm hoping we're eating crow. Uh, right. We have had, stand by gentlemen, we didn't miss a whole lot, but we've had a, uh, a small technical difficulty as now things are broadcasting and the podcast will be starting. Uh, apologize to everybody there. Uh, you're watching Top of the Table. With uh, Brian Bentley joined by Mark Villa in LA, Hank Alexander in Boston, Chris Ballard joining us from Connecticut. My apologies. We, uh... I'm doing my Chris Ballard invitation. You, you laugh now that all the kids are going to be doing it next week at school. <laughs> very ironic. Very ironic. Schools you, already. Uh, just, I mentioned the, schools. Yeah, I know. Right? The thought of you, the thought of you mentioning kids That's is almost as horrifying as thought of. <laughs> <laughs> as a thought of uh, Shuneman driving a school bus. Very, Yikes. Wow. <laughs> Andy. Very ironic. Shuneman's my wingman. Oh, man, I bet so he is. We, uh, oh. So we are... Wow. <laughs> so, if you look at the picture just right, Ballard, you do have like a Travis Mohawk going on there. Yeah, dude, that's taxi driver. Just that's nature's yeah. barber. That is, I, I can't really claim credit for that. <laughs> so we have a, ch- we already have a quote from the chat room. You've got a cockney on the show. All right, I've got to go. That from Dean in Manchester. Uh, I'm not. A, thank you. I'm not a cockney. I'm from the southwest. I think he mean. I, I think he know. means it in two words. Uh, <laughs> Wait, let me. Oh, I get uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are discussing, and there was a discussion that went on before we started about. Um, things that can and cannot be said on Twitter, which we might cover, we yes. might recover here later. Yeah. Um, things that can't be said essentially just watch uh, Mark's. Mark. Right, yeah. Just follow, follow my timeline. Lights. Exactly. That's the underscore yeah. Beaner Lights. That's basically all that, you need to know. That, yeah. That, that's you. If you work for a professional soccer organization, if you see any of these words in Mark Fia's Twitter feed, do not retweet or use them as your own. Yes. Exactly. Did you guys see my tweet about Carlos Puyol endorsing Hungry Man Pot Pies? Yeah. <laughs> no. Is that not perfect? Is that just not a perfect picture? Did you did you not see that the well? My, it's probably been two years ago. The Carlos Puyol and Sigmund the Sea Monster comparison. Uh, yeah. Picture side by side. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. I did that. Um, since there's no Sarah Marquez to provide, oh, I don't know about that, Liger. As we will, we will leave that one in the chat room. Um, hey Hank, tell us about the new uh, the new DP for the Revs. Oh, the new DP? You mean um, Shawry Joseph? No, didn't you pick up another DP this week? We didn't pick up a DP. Uh, we picked we signed another French uh, French striker named Sayer Sane. But they didn't sign him as DP. Okay. No, he's not a DP. Um, he's a good player though. We uh, they had him in camp earlier in the off season uh, when they were in their first trip out to LA, and then they. Uh, you know, they came back for a while, and they, I guess they worked through the contract deal during that time, and they've just signed him. Uh, in the wake of the big hullabaloo about their uh, the big number nine prospect that they signed, a guy named Jose uh, Moreno Mora, uh, also known as Pepe, out of Colombia, and uh, playing for Once Caldas. And Pepe has decided, uh, or has been reported in the Colombian news outlets as saying that he doesn't want to come to New England and he wants to stay at Once Caldas, even though his contract's already signed and uh, he's on the Revolution's roster right now. Uh, the Revolution are saying, well, that's all well and good, uh, 
what's been left out of the papers, everybody's papers, is that he hasn't uh, his contract doesn't officially start until March first. So they really can't take any legal action until he doesn't show up after that date. Uh, it's unclear whether or not they're going to take legal action at this stage, but my guess is if he doesn't come up, there'll be some legal action. Um, but there's so much negative press on that topic that I'm at the mindset right now that he should just stay in Columbia and and we look for somebody else. Because I'd rather have somebody that was really dying to get here and and play for this team. Um, <laughs> are there anybody? <laughs> you know, rumor has it that there are a couple of people that want to play here. They just don't want to play here for nothing. Uh, but is that, does that go back to the root of the problem, though? I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think Lekic would have stayed if you'd offered him a proper contract, wouldn't he? It was, if it was guaranteed, sure. But yeah, but, but, I mean, you can't but, offer the guy a contract that you could cancel halfway through the season. That's not good, especially if the guy's coming from I mean, Europe. Chris, at the same time, I mean, he had, what, four goals, five goals? I mean, wow. Yeah, he wasn't tearing up any trees, was it, he? No, I mean, it was, it's how much money are you going to pay for a guy that's going to get you five goals? I mean... It's it. That's what it comes down to. At the end of the of the day, I mean, we all loved him. He wanted to be here. He was saying the right things, but it, he wasn't put. He wasn't doing anybody any favors by being on this team and scoring goals for them. I mean, Shawry Joseph was our leading goal scorer last year. So, I'm always gonna, a bit a bit wary of people who have tattoos of their own name on their back. <laughs> yeah, he had Lekic on the on, oh, yeah tramp stamp it's saying Lekic. Yeah, as if he yeah. got drunk. He had a like, tramps. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. You know what? Just, just an aside in, in, in reference to Shalry Joseph, watch him when he plays, when he smiles, when he kind of laughs to himself. Freeze fr- <laughs> frame that image in your mind and then go watch How to Train Your Dragon. Because I swear to God, he and Toothless are like the exact same thing. And it's, it's, like, it's like a three-quarter smile and a slight eye tilt to the right. Exact likenesses. Wow, that's amazing. We're gonna start calling him toothless. You know, I was watching with the kids one day. I'm like, "Holy crap, Shelby Joseph!" It just it (laughs) they were on TV earlier that night, so it was just that's so funny. My God. Um, Now, Brian, I I, I'm bad co-host. I didn't I I didn't check out last week's show. Did you did did we talk? Did you guys talk about um, uh, Sabula two? No, I can tell you what we talked about last week. Since Sarah hadn't been okay. on here, she got updated from everything that she'd missed since Thanksgiving. <laughs> it, was, it, was, okay. it was the equivalent of the top-of-the-table clip show. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. I, you know, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on that whole debacle, if that's what it is? I mean, Mondragon goes, Latou goes, and then Latou just blasts Nowak in the press. I mean. I think they're trying to get in a younger squad. I mean, some you, of the players they've say? lost. Are, um, yeah, I, we we spoke to the Philadelphia correspondent on Around the League, uh, atlcsrn.com, um, a couple of weeks ago, and he seemed to be thinking that they that they were deliberately going for a younger squad. Um, I don't know how much of that I believe because I think Novak's the kind of coach who does rub people up the wrong way, um, and I think he, he's not one of those who will make nice with players, even if they're senior players like Mondragon was. Right, and that was their two all stars. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, it's, it must be a bit of a come down for Latou having, you know, gone to Bolton and had a trial and then end up in, in Vancouver, I think he showed up at. Right. So he must have uh, been hoping, oh, hey, Bolton. Oh, Vancouver. Did you listen to his interview? 
Yeah, but he loved he loved Bolton. He left Bolton of his own volition, yeah, didn't he? He wasn't because he wasn't yeah. in shape. He said he hadn't touched a ball in like six weeks, and then it was like, oh well. And, and he, he his feeling was that uh, the union were trying to force that for money, trying to get money, trying to get yeah, right. the whole money aspect, right. right. Right, and yeah, I mean that whole great interview on Extra Time Radio, plus uh, a an, an paper interview, which he gave with I want to I don't remember the name of the paper, but it was a local Philly paper um, or outside of Philly paper, and it he let it all, you know, he called the guy up as soon as he found out he was basically being bamboozled out of Philadelphia. Um, I you know more credit to him. I just thought it was uh, kind of a bad deal for. Um, for Seba, on you know, he gets basically shipped over there. They say, uh, you know, just it's not a trial. Just go over there, train with him for a couple of days, see what it's like. You know, see how you're feeling. You know, with the complete, from his perspective, you know, they just wanted to sell him. They wanted to sell yeah. him outright. And when he wanted to come back, they said, no, stay, stay, stay. And he's like, no, I, I really don't want to stay. I want to be. I want to. I want to play in Philadelphia. I love it there. And, you know, he was working on getting a bigger contract with them. And obviously, Nowak said, you know, we're trying to sell you. You, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that was basically that. And then as soon as he got back, he was ostracized from the training camp. He was told not to report to training camp. Um, not a good situation. And uh, before you know it, he's on the, on the way to Vancouver. And personally, I think he's going to do very well in Vancouver. I, mean, Vancouver, I think he'll do great. They they need a guy like him up front. Of course, you know that was a Salgado is probably going to see another another year on the bench, maybe coming in late in games, and uh, you know he might learn a thing or two from Seba. We'll see. Here's an interesting so, here's an interesting fact: the FC Dallas brought Sebastian Latou in on trial as a defender three seasons ago, four seasons. Ago. Yeah. So we're re- that tells yeah, you a lot about FC yeah, Dallas. That's a, that's a real that's yeah, a fact. We're really wow. When he when Seattle was still in the uh, USL or whatever it was, um, they were doing. He was playing all over the place for them too. He was playing midfield. He was playing left back, right back, whatever. Yep. He was he was uh, listed as a defender at first, and then you know obviously when they came up to MLS, he was on fire. And this was right. I think this was right about that time, right before Seattle came in. It was they brought him on. Wow. Yeah. So um, so we go we go from that debacle. To... I, I want to throw out something that I think was a complete debacle. Eddie Johnson getting traded oh to Seattle. I, I was working my way up to that. No, there's it, not it, really it, much you can say about this guy. They, he, he I don't. Of, I don't. Uh, yeah. He keeps coming back like the proverbial last penny. I think he's. I think he's secretly a boomerang because he keeps getting chucked away and he always comes back. Is he? Is he just Freddie Adu with not so good of a smile? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I don't, maybe he's you know ten years older than Freddie Adu. Uh, this is a guy that this is a guy that had um, some good years. Uh, for, you know, forty-one goals. He has some, for, he has some great he years. Had forty-one goals, one hundred twenty-seven games between Dallas and Kansas City. Kind of, kind of lost his. Um, kind of had the yips. Kind of had the mental little breakdown, and had a, a was even working with like. Visual, you know, visual psychiatrist type thing to to see the goal and all that kind of stuff. He had a tape. Yeah, he had a tape of his own highlights that he would watch. You know, to say this is what you are. You're a goal scorer. And now, I don't, I don't remember. Where does the whole grown ass man thing come in? <laughs> uh, 
I had GA, to the GAM. Um, I remember, when did that come up? Was that he was with Kansas City? Um, I think he was with Kansas City at the time, and somebody just said referred to him uh, after he scored a goal. This was one of his. You know, he was having a good run of form at the time. He said, "Right there is a grown ass man." <laughs> I, I believe that's how it went down. Well, okay. He ends up getting. Uh, oh damn it! I mean, darn it. He ends up uh, being drafted by, or in the allocation draft, uh, taken by Montreal, and not an hour later, he shipped to Seattle for um, Mike Vecchio and Lamar Nagel. And Sounders fans are not happy, and I cannot well, say that I blame them. Let's, not, well, let's not take either. a step back, though. Didn't everyone see that coming the minute it was, it was told that Montreal had the pick? I mean, it, it's, is it too late to start calling him Trader Jesse? It's this guy. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he's nice. like shrewd as an Arab trader on Christmas Day with the, you know, whatever it was from. Uh, man, um, the guy is just on fire already. He's he's you know oh yeah, Brian Ching. Let's grab Brian Ching. I bet you we could get a penny for Brian. I'm excited. I'm excited to see if his on co- if his on field tactics. Are anywhere as good as his off as, as his front office tactics? Because I mean, the Ching thing—he screwed up completely. I think he could have gotten a windfall for him when it first happened, and he and he, and he declined to wait it out. But well, if, I, I don't know if he, he lost. I think he did the right thing in taking Ching. I think, especially if the guy says, "I'm not playing for you if I go there," you right. kind of pick him just to uh, shut the guy up. I thought yeah. Ching could have handled himself a lot better. Um, you know, he could have said, you know, I'd rather not get you know picked in the allocation draft, uh, the um, expansion draft. But if I do, I'll do a good job. And then he can always work behind the scenes to get a move back to Houston. But the way he went about it was kind of begging Marsh to teach him a lesson. Yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I looked up grown ass man Eddie Johnson, and apparently this is uh, actually it wasn't somebody talking about him. It was Eddie talking about himself, <laughs> which is even better. better. Yeah. So uh, this is from um, a, a clip from BigSoccer.com uh, in 2006, when, and the interview was with Eddie Johnson from back in 2004. So, yeah, he's been around that long. Um, and responded to an interviewer asking about which video games he likes. He says, I don't play video games. I'm a grown-ass man. And okay. Very- there you go. Well, he he'd grown so big, Puebla kicked him out after what a half day of training. <laughs> Apparently, he never went on trial, according to him. Sure, of course. He never kicked a ball for Puebla. Uh, Trader Jesse gets a yeah, and Landine never played for Houston either. No, he didn't really. Uh, no, tra- really Trader didn't. Jesse got a conditional draft <laughs> pick in next year's draft for Brian Ching. Yep. As opposed to what, what Andre Hano, which was the initial rumors when the whole thing came it, down. Yeah, Adrian. Yeah. They were never going to let Hayno go there. Yo, Adrian! But, I mean, yeah. that was kind of the... Eh. Uh, uh, the uh, but, but the uh, Impact did sign Matteo Ferrari. You gotta, yeah, yeah, he's, he's got a good name, isn't he? Ball, yeah, Ballard had a great line. Oh, I did? The, oh, yes, I did. About the, yeah, please, I just don't remember. Do it again. I just don't, uh, if there's anything like a proper Ferrari, he'll be okay for a few games. Uh, then let you down and get and break down yeah. or something along those lines. There you go. If I'd known right. I was going to be put on the spot like that, I'd have actually. Yeah, managed. man, you you suck live. Let me tell you. 
I get well, told that though. Uh, yeah. Mateo for good thing you'll be in Vegas. Mateo Ferrari yes. spent the last two seasons with uh, first division club Besiktas from Turkey. Uh, he is a uh, he's got over 200 games in Serie A and he's a former international Italian national team player. Which brings me okay. which brings me to my next player that is to be rumored to come to MLS and I'll steer where where I'm wanting the conversation to go. Michael Bollock uh, has been told uh. by. Bo- Bayern Leverkusen that if you want to leave, you go right ahead. You can take off in June. Um, but he wants to go to L.A., Chicago, New York. Um, I think there's two other, TGA five teams, but he really wants to be in New York. Well, why wouldn't do you he? See, I mean, do you see a trend of this kind of turning into the NASL again, potentially? Oh, he wants to, does he want to play for the Cosmos? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... You know, if he wants to go to New York, let him, man. I, I Let that team crater even further because the egos are already out of control. And with him there, let's let's watch let's watch the sideshow. Why not? Yeah, I what? think he'd be a terrible signing for any club in MLS. He's not been the same since before he left Chelsea. So I, I, I wouldn't – if I was an MLS fan of a, of a team that ended up with him, I would not be happy at all. I just have this vision of him yelling up and down. It was it Phil Dowd in that in that uh, Wafer Cup match, yes. or whatever it was. Just hands going up and down, screaming <laughs> up the top of his lungs. It just I can't imagine him ever uh, adapting to the game over here. And just I, be, look at us, you city Americans, <laughs> spit on us. Having having to fly the day before, you know, if he's playing in New York, flying to LA the day before a match. You know, eight six hours in a plane, twelve total travel, airport to airport, blah blah blah. I he's I yeah I just I don't see it. Yeah, the egos involved in New York would just be, albeit a glorious train wreck to watch. It would be a train wreck. I I actually, you know, in New York, I think is one of the few places with the, with the squad that they got, they could probably slot him in there right in the middle. You know, next to Rafa Marquez, and you know, all of a sudden on paper it's a dangerous team, and if they can pull it off with Thierry Henry, Rafa Marquez, and Michael Ballack, yikes, yikes! Eesh. But hopefully yeah. Thierry Henry is uh, is you know will be pining for Arsenal for another you know six or seven months and won't show up. I thought it was uh, it was very charitable of New York to let him go and help that struggling team. <laughs> See, that's the other thing. Do you think he'll want to stay now that they're in the dumper again? I mean, those these two losses this week have really just devastating for the team, man. I mean, is he going to want to stay around even much longer after that? Was- I don't know. I mean, I think this, you know, the past month or so is, is probably going to be his his swan song at Arsenal. You know, he went over there. He kind of proved that he wasn't completely past it. I'd be surprised if the fans would accept Trianori coming back for a third time um, because they have bigger problems than just trying to get another striker and they, right. they, need, they need a defense in midfield and they need a strike force. But apart from that, and the goalkeeper, they're okay. And, and, he's not playing, and he's not playing full 90 minutes anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's been coming on with maybe half an hour to go at the outside. He, he's not the solution they're looking for. It's almost as though Arsenal were aware that they needed to keep the fans, the fans quiet somehow, so they, they wheeled him out just to shut them up for a few weeks rather than actually buy someone. A la Everton Donovan. Well, yeah, I mean, but Everton, much, ev- yeah. everyone knows Everton don't have any money. Right. 
Right. Whereas the, the, the common conception with Arsenal is that they have the money, but Wenger won't spend it. Well, and it came out in the papers midweek that they have the money, Wenger wants to spend it, but Kroenke won't let him. Well, I think they're quite, um, quite tight with their, their wage structure. They don't want to um, you know, spend the big money that the teams like Man City and Manchester United are paying in wages. But if they don't do that, they're going to find themselves finishing fifth or sixth, and then they're I, going to really be in trouble. I think they can pay the wages. I think I think the problem is the transfer fees. I mean, Chelsea, Madrid, they, they, they've all made these transfer fees outrageous for any small, mid-level team. And I'm not saying calling Arsenal small or mid-level, but they're not going to engage in debit spending. They're not going to put themselves in the hole for a big name. Wenger's record with buying players isn't that great. Right. I mean, he's bought Arshavin. I think he paid 25 million quid for Arshavin. He's bought Reyes. Remember him a few years ago. I think he paid 50 million quid for him. So, I mean, I know he paid 10 million for Henri, but that, no, that turned out okay. But often, some of the big money signings he makes, Francis Jeffers, I mean, what happened to him? He doesn't always do very well with that. Right. So, I, you know. But, but, let's, but analyze the statement Mark, that, uh, that Chris made. They have a real problem of finishing fifth or sixth. That really? That's a that's a problem. I think that's well. I, no, I mean, I'm, I'm. The problem is going to be finishing in that top four. They could end up finishing fifth or sixth. I think the top four, as it is now, is is probably going to be the one that gets through. I know Chelsea and Arsenal are fighting out for that fourth spot, but if I had to put money on either of those two, I, I would pick Chelsea simply because even when they don't always play very well, you can expect them to pick up points. Whereas if Arsenal don't play their absolute best. They don't get the result, and they just fall to pieces. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm just, but I'm just saying that the 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 fact of that statement is finishing fifth or sixth is a real problem. Which I know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if they don't finish in the top four, then they're screwed beyond belief. Because you know, I, I think there's a document floating around the internet somewhere about how bad their finances will be if they don't get into the Champions League, um, and especially if. Spurs, the team that end up in there at Arsenal's expense, that's not going to go down well with the fans either. Right. I mean, it's the same as, you know, last year, uh, as a Galaxy fan, we lost, what, five games, three of them, before we really cared, and we were all going batshit crazy that we lost three games. You know, it's, it's the same kind of thing. It's the same thing with United fans. If we finish second, we're outraged. If Arsenal doesn't finish top four, there's a serious problem. But, you know, and Mark, what there really is with the fan base. And three or four weeks ago, Mark came on the, the money. Mark came on this show after a bad Arsenal loss. I think it was to Wolves, and, and said, "You know, what, our, Arsenal fans, it's going to get better. It's one game. Don't worry about it." But I don't think it has since then. Uh, it hasn't. Uh, but you know what? Let's since we're talking about Wolves and 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 the whole the whole coaching conundrum, as it were. Yes. So Wolves fired Mick McCarthy this week. Hey, after, did, last uh, time I was on this show, we were talking about that. It wasn't going to happen. It we just have the same run sheet for every show, Hank. Yeah. All right. I talked about it with Sarah last week, too. Yeah. So they fire Mick McCarthy. Now, the question is, is that a sound move? My thought process is this. They're probably, at this point, they're pretty much relegated. I don't see them improving enough to jump out of the relegation spots. I don't see them staying up. No matter who their manager is, I don't think the players are clicking on all cylinders, and I don't think that's something a manager can fix at this point. That being said, is it a wise move to sack your manager and try and bring someone in to a club who's knowingly going down? Or is it better to go down, limp through with his coach, finish the season, then sack him, 
start next season back in the championship with a shot at coming back up and use that as lure or bait for a new manager? I I wouldn't. If I was a manager, I would not be too tempted by, by Wolves at the moment. The problem with it is, is that you sack your manager a couple of weeks after the transfer window closes. So any guy who comes in, he's going to have to work with what he has. Exactly. Barring a couple of, of loan moves. Um, and by the time you come to the summer, you could have, you know, you're probably going to be relegated. The, the fans will probably already be on your back. So you're starting from a position of weakness straight away. Whereas if you keep McCarthy through the summer, if he gets you relegated, you can say, right, well, you got us relegated, goodbye. We'll bring in a new guy. We've got until the end of August to get a, a decent squad in. We're going to give you some money and see if we can, you can get us back up again. And you're going, like I said, you're going back to the championship with an honest-to-goodness great shot at coming back up after next season. Exactly. So isn't I mean, that would, the bait you want to use? Yeah. I mean, I, I, maybe they're thinking they can somehow scrap out of it because there are some pretty awful teams down there. I think Blackburn and Wigan are doomed. Um, QPR have spent money, but they haven't really clicked yet. And there's usually a team that kind of slides back in there from nowhere. Um, I don't know exactly who that could be, but someone like you know, Fulham, well, who started pretty weakly, they could always slide back in there, or Stoke. Right. Um, so, you know, I think there's, you know, their chance of getting away with it now are probably, is probably about 10%, but I think they're gambling on the guy coming in being able to be that 10%. If you get the right guy, I mean, you look at Sunderland, they were struggling for a long time before O'Neill right. showed up. And they went on a right tear after he, he got the gig. So maybe they're hoping for a similar kind of thing with, with the new uh, may, guy. Maybe. I mean, as much as I, I love Mick McCarthy, I, I love Wolves. I was heartbroken to see him go. I understood it. But at the same time, logically, it didn't make sense to fire him at this point in the season to me. Yeah, they, no, they, they, they weren't going to finish any better or any worse. They're going down. Right. But this is also a team that had Emmanuel Frimpong on loan from. Arsenal, which is a good talent to help cultivate, and he blew out his ACL. Yeah, yeah. It, it just help. it just seems like they like they're like they are doomed. Yeah, you know they had that first game uh, right when they got after the transfer window closed, and they came out on fire, and they had uh, a shock win on somebody or other. I can't remember who, but I had predicted that the other team. Obviously, I mean, in my prediction league, I always pick Wolves. To lose, and uh, you know, sometimes I pick them to draw. You know, depending on their home or whatever. But I picked them to lose that day, and they sure as hell didn't. And uh, uh, but then they seems the next week I said, okay, well they're playing a little bit better. Maybe I'll pick them to draw. And of course, then they start losing again. So that's the way it works. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I I, I jumped no. off of the whole uh, Seattle thing. No, you didn't jump. You did not jump off anything. This is the way the show works. It's a very nice. It's, it's a natural <laughs> um, conversation that we have. But okay, so Johnson, Keith Hickey wrote something about you know he could turn out to be a 15 goal striker this year, and we could all be eating crow. He very well could be. I don't see it happening. Problem is, Fusito was one of those guys who was helping to feed, who would have helped to have fed him. Up top, right. so yeah. without with him gone, I mean, he was a big part of a lot of games last year. I don't, I, I just don't see the logic in that move at all. It, was Eddie Johnson a UCLA guy with Siggy, or is there? I mean, I, I just don't get it. So, no, I think Lamar Nagel was a big loss as well. I thought he had a good season last year. I thought he was solid. I, I don't think yeah. he was standout. But I think he was solid. He was he, he was dependable. He was well, that's absolutely. What you in MLS, that's what you need. Most of the teams have 
two or three, hopefully a couple more, you know, good players. And right. because of the way structure, you need the squad to be made up of solid guys. Yeah. Um, and losing someone like Nagel, I think he scored five. That's not a lot, but it they tend to come at a good at a good time for you. So it seems very strange they're letting him go and Fusito, especially for a guy who's done nothing for the past three or four years. Yeah. I, I just don't get very it. Very suspect. So, very suspect. so can we can we say that Trader Jesse Marsh making a great move, getting Nagel and Fusito, uh, which will provide uh, you know steady play for an expansion team? I think, I think very so. Good. We, give, we give thumbs up, thumbs up for the Johnson move, but thumbs down for the Ching. I don't, give a, I don't give him a thumbs down. I just think that whole debacle is just, I, I think that was all MLS marketing at this point. I mean, here's, here's the thing. If I'm Brian Ching, I'm still giving Dom Kinnear the finger every chance I get. Because you know <laughs> what, buddy? If I meant something, protect my ass. It's that simple. And if the fans can whitewash this all they want, oh, we got our captain back. Oh, oh, we have Ching. Oh, Ching. Oh, Ching. You know what? The front office threw him away. Why don't you fess up to that, deal with it, and figure out why? That's the underlying problem. And I, and I have seen some, some Dynamo fans on Twitter that have said, great, we got him back, as opposed to using the money to go get somebody that could score goals. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean he's he's probably not going to play very much. I think he only scored half, you know three or four goals last year. Um, it just seems weird that they would leave him unprotected if he was that important to them. Well, that's what I'm saying. He wasn't that important. And you know, someone tweeted, "Oh yay, Ching's back. Let's see what he's going to do and show the young kids how to play." And I tweeted back, "Like what? Get injured and cry when opposing fans heckle him? I mean, he's <laughs> he's he's not that role model anymore. He's not that player anymore." Well, he's the face of the, you got to give him a little bit of props for you know just he's the face of their franchise and he's taking a pay cut to come back with the guarantee that he's going to have a front office job in uh, whatever when he after he retires. So I mean, I think he's, he's already retired. Yeah, he restructured his contract to come back down there play for his, the team that he wanted to play for. I mean, or I, did he just not want to play in Montreal? Well, I mean, it, he went through he if, went if through he, motions. He did all that stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong, I. Hate Brian Chang. <laughs> the guy was so far off in an offside position in 2006 when he scored that equalizing goal in the hundred. It was no bitter, are but, you? Oh man! But it's, it has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that whatsoever. But um, yeah, it's uh, for him to to kind of you know, yeah, he wasn't going to get signed by um, Houston at the number that they were going to restructure his contract anyway. It was a dumb move from Houston's perspective to, if they wanted to keep him. Um, they just thought that nobody would take him because he's got such a high price cut. You know, so in the end, um, in the end, he's got what he wants. Um, Houston got their guy back. They didn't have to give up much to get him. So Houston's really the winner in the whole scenario. But you know, I don't, I don't think it was a bad move on Jesse Marsh's part to take him and try and get as much for he could out of him. No, I thought it was great. I think he should have. You know, I just, uh, the, I, I don't know. I think maybe I'm just jaded over some of the Houston fans and their incessant tweetings about Ching. But says Robin Hood is saying uh, Ching to L.A. for Robbie Keane. <laughs> oh, God. Nice. Very nice, Steve. I mean, let, me put, let me put it this way. All the Ching on the Twitter this week, to me, is tantamount to, hey, now. Oh, Bill. Oh, man. Oh, man. 
Ching was going to LA. That didn't go over well. <laughs> so I, 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 you know, there's some bad trades. I mean, there was a Ching in the armor. A Ching in the armor. Yes, there was a Ching in Jesse <laughs> March's armor. Keep it uh, you know, we got uh, Galaxy got Buttle back. We got Janino back, and I, you know, I, I think Buttle was the legitimate move. We made him an offer. And he rene- he. Uh, that's a good move, actually. He went elsewhere, so we we got him back. I, I'm I'm hoping we got him back for a performance contract, nothing else. Because uh, I think the Revs are close to re-signing Amici Egwe. So uh, we got that going for us. Who? <laughs> That's what most of the Revs fans right. are saying as well. Now, okay, I, you know, hey, go back to the second division Bundesliga right now. For for for, let's go back to that for one second. Uh, the supporters summit was that. Called just to allay any fears or some yeah. bad blood, or it was just a thing. It's a it's a thing they started a few years ago. Actually, um, the first one was I think three years ago, and I, and I went to that. It was really good. I mean, there's there's always been um, a a bit of you know animosity between the fans and 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 the front office on certain topics. But you know, Brian Below, even way back then. He was always out in the parking lot, and I'm a big Brian Bellello fan because he's he's really accessible. He's talk he's easy to talk to, and he'll tell you where he stands on things without you know letting too much out of the bag. But he's uh, he comes out to the parking lot in the tailgate before every game, and he's shaking hands with people. He's talking to them. He's trying to find out what people are like and what they don't like. And uh, you know now he's the president of the organization. So this is in my mind, you got a guy that knows you by name, comes up and shakes your hand. At the beginning of every game, and asks how things are going. I like that in the guy. He, yeah, you know, but the summit itself. This one was. It wasn't as well attended as it has been in the past. I mean, because I think it's a lot of the same old, same old gets talked about. Um, people want to know about players coming in, why they let go of other players, why they uh, haven't signed a designated player yet, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's a nightmare for the front office to have to sit down there and do this because they have right. to sit up there and take all the crap, but they do it. So I give them credit for doing that. Some Absolutely. of the answers we get, not the best. It's, it's um, you know, repeatedly asked every year is what about the, the stadium? What are we going to do about a soccer-specific stadium? And, you know, everybody knows my position on it, I, I think I said it on the show the last time, that, you know, why are you going to look for a soccer-specific stadium when you've just sent, spent a billion dollars building out, and I'm not sure of the number, so Rev's Public Relations Department, I'm maybe using a little hyperbole here, but when I say a billion dollars... You're not watching or listening, don't prob- worry about it. Yeah, it's probably pretty close. But um, No one's watching or listening. It's just <laughs> exactly. Just four guys talking on the internet. Spending a Sunday night together. Pretty much. I was, I was speaking to the FC Dallas PR director the other day, and I was telling her about the show. She said, I've watched it. I go, yeah. I said, you and, you and two other people. I said, it's, it's always, I said, normally we start every show where I greet both of our watchers in the chat room. <laughs> Which, and if you're, if you're listening to this on a podcast, we love you and thank you, and it's, it's all a joke. Yes. Right. So, Hank, wasn't there was there some movement? Was there something going on this week with the uh, Stade de Frustration? 13 viewers is a record. Thank you, Nick. Uh, hey, so yeah, the uh, started the frustri- frustration. Is that what we're yes. calling? 
Yes. Um, there's, uh, I mean, there's been some new rumblings about maybe we used to have a, a dog track up here outside of Boston, a, the town called Revia. And Revia is a great spot if you if you like dogs because you can go out to Revia and you can bet on the dogs. You can watch the dogs run around the track. It's it's freaking awesome. Right. Um, but is, anyway, it, is it better than Worcester? It's much better. Okay. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anything's better than Worcester. Worcester. Except for the Centrum. That place is I awesome. was going to say, the Centrum. <laughs> oh, my God. I've played there a couple times. <laughs> anyway, the point being is that uh, the dog track closed because they outlawed uh, uh, dogs, gambling, racing, whatever it is. Dog racing. How, how do dogs gamble? You know, they can't. <laughs> yeah, how do they hold the cars without the thumb? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen that poster you see the, and everything. You see the picture, right? They, they gamble. So they were out there talking very nice, to the. Uh, Ballard, very nice. <laughs> that was a nice reference. There's talking about building a stadium out there. Uh, the problem with that, I mean, it's on the blue line. It's great. It's at the end of the blue line. It's the worst of all the uh, the subways we've got. Although they have started to make some improvements on it, but it's about as impossible to get to as uh, Foxborough. I mean, it's it's. Smaller highways. It's smaller. <laughs> it's just less less parking. Right. It's really not a great. It's a great spot from a you know an idea kind of thing. It's like wouldn't it be great if the they could renovate Wonderland Stadium and are doing this? But you know, unless they build a super highway in there, so people or you know, and a monster parking lot. Um, and you a don't need a monster parking lot. I've been to Gillette when the Revs have been playing there. You <laughs> just need a place for a bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got. There's plenty of parking at Gillette, I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the point being is that uh, that may not be the best spot. But they did say that within two to three months, they'll be giving us some news on the stadium, whatever that means. It could be bad news. It could be there's no news. It could be the news is there is no news, right, that the, Chris? That exactly. the football field lines won't be as dark this year during soccer games? <laughs> or, you know, they, 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 they've signed a lease for a new stadium, but the stadium doesn't want the team? You know, that was one interesting thing about the football lines that they talked about. Um, they did address that fact and said, you know, somebody asked, is this deterring players from wanting to play at our club, at our stadium or whatever? And they said, you know, we've never had a player say, I don't want to play there because of the turf. Um, and then they went on for like a 10-minute speech on how we had the, the best soccer turf at, that's available, and that it's actually soccer turf, and they went over the Patriots' heads to get this special soccer turf put in, and the Patriots play on it because they don't care. But uh, so, I mean, I think from, there is an issue with the turf, though. I think I, if players haven't said anything, I'm sure they're thinking about it. I'm sure. They I think are. it's. I think it's a cultural thing for European players because we're not used to playing on it. Um, it's interesting that this week the Football League have talked about reintroducing artificial pitches in England. Um, because they lose a lot of games to the weather. Right. So, especially up north, where it's horrible up north. No one likes it up north, even people yeah. who live up north. Right, and, and, um, and not everybody has a heated field. People who fantasize about living up north. <laughs> you know, I, I think Abel and Xavier did complain about playing. At he did. Yeah. He also complained about the chicken at the uh, Braintree Sheraton Tara <laughs> Hotel, where they stayed. <laughs> he and David. Yes, he did. He went he had fr- to, fried chicken for team meal. Yeah, and they went up and they, uh, they decided to go get a room at the Ritz or something like that. Yes. 
Oh well. Uh, so oh, uh, Dean, Dean, pit, Dean pitches in uh, three. Brighton had three own goals this week. Holy, yeah! yeah one guy got two. Yeah. Wow. I, I you know, thought I, it was it was harsh losing six one. I thought Brighton were pretty good for most of the game. They were good for the first fifty minutes, man. They were they were on it. They were in it. They were part of it. Uh, the, the, the to me the highlight of the game was watching Charlie Adam intentionally step on somebody. It just you know. I think there's a team dynamic at work there that's just not good. But that being said, Liverpool turned it on and they got their six goals. Well, you know, at least three of them. Um, but <laughs> even even Andy Cowell got one, so you know something's going on. Holy cow! What's yeah, up what's up with that? Uh, I, th- I, I, I think all the grease from his ponytail slipped off, so that when he hit the ball, <laughs> it gave it a little bit more English than he normally has. That's the only reason he scored. There's nothing yeah. English about Andy Carroll. Oh, hey, my God. Spe- oh. Speaking of nothing English, Carlos Tevez is back in Man City. I saw it, that. Is he actually back in, or is he's he... Had, he's got his own personal training room, I think. Isn't he training yeah. off to the side? He's got some some stuff that he's working out you know, on the on the side, not working out with the team. But is isn't, there, isn't there more guff because of the interviews he gave in Argentina before he left? And he called out Mancini, or is that just something I've made up in my head? <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure about that. I thought I may have seen something about that. Uh, yeah, is he actually back in Manchester? Do we have pictures of him? I think yes. he's probably as big as a houseboat. Nope, they had him. The Man City website had him uh, off the plane, and they also had him at, at arriving at the stadium. Is he going to play? I, I what's, what's changed? What's changed other than the fact that they didn't sell him to Milan? Uh, well, he said, and Dean, thank you, Dean, Dean contributing here uh, in the chat room. Dean says that uh, Mancini treated him like a dog, but Mancini has come out and said, look, I'm fine with him. He knows how to make it right. And then Tevez said, I know how to make it right. Neither one of them have made it right, and it continues to, to go on since last September. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing's no. changed. I think the only thing that's changed is that Mancini and the rest of the organization don't feel as secure in their lead as they have to this point. And they're looking for anything they can get their hands on to try and secure that. You know, that that's my opinion. I don't think Tevez is going to bring it at this point, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. You know, if you let Tevez out on the field and you play him, he's going to he's going to perform. He's he's got the talent, he's got the skill. He He's just Mancini is Mancini, and and he's uh, he's got his own he's set in his own ways. I think with a player like Tevez, though, you just got to get him out there and let him run. He's but but then what does that mean for Balotelli? Do you say the same thing about a dog, though? Yes, you do. Actually, I was thinking that very same thing. He's a yeah. dog um, with a bad neck. Um, Balotelli, I you know I do you, do you play Balotelli and Tevez together? Oh wow. The world would probably explode if you uh, did I think that. he would rip a hole in the space-time continuum if you did that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. That would be pretty fearsome. It's been at least a week or two since Balotelli's been... The- oh, wait, is he still suspended? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, for, yeah, I think for he stepping on, Maybe. For stepping on Scott Parker's melon? Yep. yep. <laughs> we talked about that, yeah, too. Yeah, we did. And the and city's also filing agreements about the Porto fans uh, abusing him racially. Right. Because that works. 
Yeah. Yeah. Portugal. Yeah, well, they'll probably get like a 1,000 euro fine or something. Don't do it again. Yeah. yeah. Bad. Until next time. Bad Porto. Um, <laughs> how about uh, Portsmouth going into administration for the second time in three years? As oh, well Lord. as Scottish Power Rangers going into administration. That is that surprises the hell out of me. Actually. No, but see, but no, but but let's take a look at that and take a step back to what we were saying about Arsenal. No leverage purchases. Right. Rangers spent way above their means, and look where they're at. Well, Rangers' problem is with the tax man. Yeah. Apparently, so they yeah, they're fifty tax- million quid to the tax man. But so. which they can't pay because they spent beyond their means. Yeah. In signings, but I think I think that I think that forty nine million was in dispute of what the actual amount was. I think they were claiming that it was only nine, while the government is claiming that it was forty nine. And the government's going to win. You know what is it, what is this, what does that old song say? I fought the law and what? Yeah, the law won. <laughs> I fought the law, but I first I called those tax attorneys that uh, show on the infomercials right. and uh, Sunday <laughs> oh, morning. The guy with the ginger Fox Soccer Plus. Yeah. <laughs> Do you owe more than ten thousand dollars to the IRS? <laughs> the one where the guy puts his hat on at the very end. <laughs> I teach my brother how to make a penalty kick. Oh, I hate that kid. I want to. Oh God, I just want the most debilitating punch yeah. ever. That's awesome. Oh it's my completely God. different commercial, but yes, it's awesome. Yeah, I saw you know that and the Indian woman. I just, just oh my God. Yeah, so, uh, Rancher's going into administration. They lose 10 points, but they're still in second place. Now 14 points back <laughs> of Celtic. <laughs> they lose 10 points, yet they're... But, they, of course, they're in second place. There are only two teams that play in Scotland. Yeah. And I they're mean, both owned by the same <laughs> company. <laughs> I, it's hey, just, there's it's, Martin. Comes right in on queue. There are only two teams in Scotland. Right. Thank you, Martin. Yeah. That's uh, so funny. You know, I... But then again... If we're going to talk two team leagues, did you see Barcelona? You see Messi today with those no. three goals. Holy cow, man! Four goals for Messi today, and the last one was this beauty chip that was just he, he a perfect pass down the middle. He's in the area. He stutters steps like he's going to kick right back into stride, no problem. Another step, chips it over the keeper. Just amazingly god awful beautiful. And they're still about ten I, points behind. And they're still ten they? points behind Madrid. Is what I was getting ready to say. It's, yeah, so even but, even if slash when the, um, Barcelona beat Real Madrid twice, they're still going to be behind. Yeah, I, I, I think they've I think they've been too lax in their in their attack uh, when they're not playing Madrid. They've tried to rest too many people. I don't know what the case is, so could, but could we could we say that uh, Barcelona is falling behind? Hmm. Shut up, all three of you. <laughs> I'll cut your mics. Um, here's an interesting. I heard an interesting rumor. Messi actually wants to come play in MLS, but he's only going to play for either New England, Columbus, or Toronto. That's what I heard. Or Orlando. Or Orlando. Right. <laughs> Orlando. He's going to be the Casey Keller for Carolina Railhawks. He's going to be the Kansas City Cow. Um. <laughs> Still, that guy should have tickets for life, man. That was the most was brilliant awesome. thing I've ever seen. They should give that cat tickets for life. That cow goal was freaking amazing. That was pretty good. So underappreciated. Um, I'm going to throw Dean a bone. Dean says, Jose Mourinho to Tottenham this week. 
as Harry, Medna- Harry Redknapp will move up to England. Okay, that's what I predict for Tottenham now. Okay, let's go back to all the teams where Redknapp has been manager before, right? Southampton, bankrupt. Portsmouth, bankrupt. <laughs> Himself personally. Tottenham. <laughs> okay, here's my prediction. Next. I'm going to go out on a limb here. <laughs> I'm going to say Tottenham is going to tank, and they're going to be, they're going to fold, and they're going to be in administration by the end of next year because they have overspent on their salary. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I if they, be okay. I don't know, if, they, <laughs> if they finished top four, I don't know. If they finished top four, yeah. I, I, nah, they're going to gonna be okay. But what I, think Harry, I think Harry Redknapp's own personal tax evasion problems, I think that's the... Uh, that's a bigger issue right now. Now, uh, do you guys think Madrid has a chance of cratering? Who? Madrid. Do you think they have a chance of cratering at this point? No. no. I, don't think so. I don't think so. I hate them, but I, I just... I don't think they keep a double-digit uh, points lead, but right. Hank, are you drunk or on drugs today? Definitely drunk. Okay, awesome. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Ultra Light. Hey, Liger, isn't there a big pay-per-view tonight? Is there? Hank, is there a WWE pay-per-view tonight or something like that? Because I know the uh, USB boys will be on here later tonight on uh, GeekWeek.com. Oh, Elimination Chamber. Oh, very nice. Uh, Fascinating. Liger says he's a big fan of the U.S. women's team. As uh, here's a note for you: Hope Solo and uh, Sydney Larue both signed with the Seattle Sounders women's team this week. Yeah, yeah, they're and only playing, still only playing six games though. Still, still, but hey, you know what? Good for them, and good for them for getting that somewhat of a league going again. And also, uh, Boston Breakers, uh, the other half, the East Coast side of the women's team, uh, women's league. They've got a little mini league around here called the WPS Elite, and there's about four teams inside the Boston area, Worcester, um, Springfield. Does the Worcester team smoke on the field? (laughs) They are so awesome. Um, But no, I mean, there's there's another league going on here, which is great. So the Boston Breakers are are not taking the year off. They're still playing, too. Sponsored by Virginia Slims Unfiltered. <laughs> Virginia slips unfiltered. Hey, sp- nice. hey, playing for Worcester's it's wicked, like, freaking awesome. Wicked, freaking awesome. Speaking of sponsors, the uh, Columbus Crew announced Barbasol as their shirt sponsor this week. Oh my god! A uh, very unimpressive block letter Barbasol uh, presentation on their kit. I want, I want dibs on Burma shave. That's all I want. That still leaves, that still leaves four teams in the MLS without shirt sponsors. Um, and while we're talking about shirt sponsors, Chivas debut. I'm still stuck on Chivas debuting their shirt to a captive crowd at thirty thousand feet. <laughs> Who else is going to want to look at it? Well, it's, it's the same shirt with a collar. No, it's, they don't. Ever, they want everybody not, to walk it's out. It's not the same shirt. Actually, it's a different shirt. No, it's the same shirt. The blue shirt's not bad. If you've seen their blue shirt, it's not bad at all. It's Chivas. They just suck. Well, that's coming from a Galaxy fan. Um, Damn renters. Do, do, do. What else? I'm looking through notes here. Hey, I, you guys don't – I mean, Brian, you might have some say in this. I don't know. When did the Ford uh, – I control the mics. I have the, a lot of say. Go ahead. 
When did the Ford Ranger stop being a lesbian truck and become the Gardner truck of choice? Wow. So with that, uh, I will show you this, guys. Uh, you can send your comments or complaints to at SC underscore Beaner Lights. I drive Ford Rangers. It used to be the old cheap Nissans and Toyotas. Now it's all Ford Rangers. I can't figure out why. It's like this huge demographic shift in pickup truck purchases. I, 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 I don't know since I know neither of those target audiences which you speak of. And okay, I hope I'm just, if, either, I'm just if either members of those group are listening to this show that they accept my apology. And uh, I'm not I'm not knocking. Every lesbian I know who had a truck had a Ford Ranger, that's all. I'm many? not generalizing. Like ten. Oh wow! I thought you were going to say like, one. No, so this is no seriously. This is the point in the show where I keep notes, uh, you know, of our run sheet and stuff. And as I see what we've talked about legitimately uh, on this show that relates to soccer, then I realize as I get towards the bottom of the page, that's when Mark starts to turn right. How many gardeners do you know? Well, the four that work for me. <laughs> four. <laughs> you know, I I could go on. Oh my god. Anyway, what were we talking about football? We're talking we were talking about shirt sponsors as uh shirt sponsors. Oh, Bar- Barbasol is Barbasol, Barbasol, the Columbus Corona. Uh, so who are the team who are the teams it, out How how odd is it San that, Jose. that Go ahead. San Jose doesn't have San Jose has Amway, no, they don't they? Don't. No, they lost, they Amway. lost Amway. Oh really? How do you lose Amway? Why can't we lose Herbal Life? <laughs> uh, you're, I actually like the Galaxy jersey. This I love the jersey. I hate Herbalife. You know, that's the price I, to pay for Monsieur Beckham. I hate having an MLM for a shirt sponsor. It drives me nuts, man. But is I mean, Herbalife is Herbal big in, in Southern California, isn't it? No. Uh, what? It's not, it's uh. not big in Southern California? Oh, man. <laughs> the, four, the four teams without shirt sponsors, Dallas, there, Kansas. There's only one guy on the phone right now from Southern California, and the other guy pretends to be there. But there's uh, – so you got to ask those two because, you know, we're, we're, we're all Amway guys up here where I'm from. <laughs> four teams without shirt sponsors, Dallas, Kansas City, now San Jose, and Colorado. Uh, Colorado continues to protest uh, through their website that – Shirt sponsor is a priority for them. Um, mm-hmm. Kansas City, Dallas, Dallas the o- Dallas the only team in the MLS yet to debut their new jerseys, which I think is going to be coming on opening day. I can't even get a lead on that. Wow, uh, wouldn't it be great since they are Livestrong Park? And I've said this on Winning Ugly, but since they do play at Livestrong Park, if if the Wizards were sponsored by Nudicles. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm just gonna say Google it and apologize to everybody. Yep, Google it. Um, but uh, yeah, we were talking about the teams that actually don't have sponsors. Was Kansas City one of yes, them? Yes, Kans- yeah. Kansas City, Dallas, okay. now San Jose losing theirs in Colorado. Interesting. I'm surprised by Kansas City actually because any any sponsor who's been watching them for the past year or so, would they would think they'd get in. get right in no. on that. Yeah, they they probably very excited about it, I would think, but I guess it is Kansas City. I'd be all yeah. Kansas City. I'd, I, you know what? The Revolution should sponsor Kansas City. Shirts. You know, I I, I <laughs> I've spoken to Sarah off you know off air and just in our normal um, conversation. She, she absolutely loves the environment um, up there at Livestrong and, and just in Kansas City. It is a phenomenal place for soccer. And Jason. 
Weaver, who's in the chat room right now, says, don't expect anything with the Kansas City shirt soon. Um, you know, Jason, I've spoken with Jason, uh, even on Twitter, just that Livestrong Park is incredible. Uh, we all know Scott Bornstein uh, and Zach Woosley. They went up there for a game, and it was just, they had nothing but nice things to say. Yeah. That's that's the team that I root for, getting a, a shirt sponsor and making a lot of money, because that's a team that's just really on the rise. Well, and they're doing it right. Yes. I mean, they have a great marketing team. They've been hitting it out of the park every single time um, with their whole brand relaunch, which we all were very skeptical. I mean, who wants to be called the Kansas City Sporks? Right. It's just, nobody. Nobody. But they've done a really good job, you know, from the whole rebranding to their new park, to the new stadium, making it a great atmosphere. And their team is kicking ass. Yep. It, it just, they're, they're doing it right on all fronts. You can't. You can't say anything bad about them. It's a shame they don't have a shirt sponsor. And you see the way they really embrace their their supporters groups. I mean, they did the the video they did for Christmas time with the yeah. players serenading some of the supporters groups. Yeah, that was really really classy. I thought. Um, yeah. I, yeah. You can't. Hank, who's a, who's the Rev shirt sponsor? United, United Healthcare. Healthcare. Thanks, Hank. <laughs> but it's a uh, yeah. We don't get a lot out of them. We, we get like you know. Maybe a reduced copay or something. <laughs> generic. I don't know. Free generic prescriptions. That's right. Free generic prescriptions. Absolutely. Players but, don't have to wait in the ER for MRIs. Exactly. That's Maybe they give them Xanax to their fans. Uh, they actually, you know, they, they, there's this uh, Shields MRI or something like that, which has um, their facilities are co-located at, at Gillette Stadium. Go figure. Um, they have this great commercial campaign with Teddy Bruschi, former New England Patriot, talking about how all the this the Shields MRI is the uh, the place where all the Patriots go and the the Bruins go and the Celtics go. And then right underneath the the behind him is the the logo of the place and right underneath him is the logo of the revolution. He's not even mentioning the revolution in his freaking commercial. It's right there. And he works for the crafts. Why don't you Throw that out there. Hey, the revolution used this place too. Nope. And I'm, you know, but maybe it's because of United Healthcare. It'd be a little, you, you know, maybe a breach of contract. I can't mention the name online. There you are. That's got to be the reason. Is Teddy Bruschi from Worcester? <laughs> I think he's from Arizona, but I don't know. Oh, is he? He looks like that frat boy who'd just be pounding beers out in the parking lot somewhere in Worcester, talking about his buddy's band who's just freaking wicked retired. It, yeah, Teddy's Teddy's definitely a bit of a Butarski, but uh, I think he's I think he's from out west somewhere. But I don't I have no idea where he's from. All right, all right. Well, speaking about west, I think this is where the conversation is headed. Let's go ahead and wrap it up, guys. Okay, hey, uh, wait. Go ahead, Mark. Oh, I was gonna say. So Dallas, there's do they have a new shirt coming? They out, do have. They, just... they do have a new shirt coming out. The only thing that I've been able to get in my discussions. Um, is that it is uh, a subtle change. It will still be the stripes, uh, the hoops. Um, I did see um, one of the one of the one of the jersey leak sites had the um, the new call up jersey, which is like the training jersey, and it was the same. It was very subtle. I loved it, and if if that's the way the jersey is going to look, I think it's a, it's a good change. And uh, but I don't I don't know if they're going to wait and debut it on opening day. Uh, I I do know that the team is trying to do everything they can um, because the March 11th 
uh, opening game is the first game as part of the NBC contract. Ah, and now who is the new stadium sponsor? There is, or is no, there there's one? not one. No, it's, okay. it's just it's, well, I, I can't remember. It's uh, it's FC Dallas Park, uh, Pizza Hut's out, and uh, Pizza Hut's not. They're not even handling the concessions, so which is I better. You can only do you okay. can only use so much Wing Street and pizza. Um, right. But they ended up getting the uh, the um, concession company that the Cowboys co-own. So it's a fifteen. Oh, so it'll be really expensive, right? So it's a fifteen year deal, uh, fifteen year deal there, and Jerry Johnson makes mo- Jerry Jones makes money off of that, and woohoo. Yeah. So, nice. but yeah, I, I will. You know, I, I continue to ask to find out what I can get, and I'm not a respected journalist, so I get no information. Dude, how do you think I feel? I'm less respected than you. Great How tweet. that, though, really? <laughs> Guys, a great tweet from Dax McCarty just now. Well, so much for my personal goal to become the next cult hero of professional sports in the greater New York, New Jersey area. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jeremy Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. And you guys, also, I need to direct everybody to uh, Ocho Cinco's new Twitter avatar. Yowza. Thanks, Evelyn, for uh, participating. Oh, my. Oh, right. Really? I haven't seen well, it. Check, I out at, check out Just... at Ocho Cinco. Uh, while we're talking about Twitter, Chris, go ahead and give us your uh, where, where we can follow you on Twitter. You can follow me at, at Chris J. Ballard. All right. Hank? I'm a Hisco5 on Twitter when I've been drinking. Uh, when I'm not drinking and I'm talking about the revolution, it's at TMR Podcast, yep. MidnightRide.us. MidnightRide.us. You want to get that out there as well? Uh, Mar, I'll go ahead and throw in our, our plugs just in case anybody cares. You can follow me at Twitter underscore dumb. You can follow Sarah at Hull Bird. You can follow Mark at SC underscore, at SC underscore Beaner Lights. Be, for, be forewarned. Uh, you can follow the show at Top of the Table TV. Uh, you can watch replays of all of our shows and uh, catch our lightning rounds, which will kick back off with the new MLS season at Top of the Table TV. Indeed. Uh, and while I was giving the plugs, Mark and the rest of the guys saw Ocho Cinco's avatar. So the audio did not <laughs> come through, thankfully. Um, any, anything else? Let's throw it out there before we wrap it up. Uh, yeah, man. It's that great. Was, Thanks for having me back on, Phyllis. Oh, we'll love having you on. It's a yeah, pleasure. It's a thank you for coming on, guys. We, we, Otherwise, we've been just me and Brian making dick jokes. So thank you. Well, <laughs> specifically, no. There's only one of us <laughs> making those jokes. No. Okay. Uh, thanks everybody that uh, is joining us here live in the chat room. Uh, I want to thank Jeff Katz and the good people of Geek Week for letting us come on and do this every week. The USB boys will be on later tonight, nine o'clock uh, Eastern time. I know, as as Liger said, the Elimination Chamber pay per view is on. They'll probably be talking about that. I want to thank Brian for my new materials. Oh yeah. They, there you go. Yeah. They're loud. Yeah, I I found a one hundred and fifty dollar pair of material Nike materials at Ross for Mark for thirty bucks. Yes. Oh, no. Nice. Uh, while I was in LA when, when I was back for that, uh, for yeah. that pilot. So, yeah. Uh, I think I'll have to dye my hair blonde again just to play in them and not look like a complete fool. We need, we need Ross to sponsor what? the show. What pilot? Do? Uh, it was a show. It's a show called Friday Night Dinner for NBC. The series right. regular spot. I did not get it. The guy they cast was like 24. Sure. But I was still out there. It's okay. Hey, it's yeah. a shot. Um, uh, Ballard, thanks for coming on. Thanks, hey, Chris. Thanks, Thanks, Hank. Thanks for having me. And Hank, anytime you guys want to come on, you're more than welcome. Looking back at you, Chris. 
I don't know what I'm doing. The, the the pose. I'm not quite sure why. I think that's the pose that he sees from the authorities. It was that guy. Finger bang. Finger yeah. Bang. Wow. <laughs> it's the pose you see on posters on on telegraph poles. Just got the did you have just Did you have to poo show. as that picture was taken? <laughs> actually, I was doing it at the time. Okay. He's yeah. actually saying, pull my finger. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for everybody joining in the chat room. Thanks for the people that uh, that uh, watch the replays on the website, download the podcast. We appreciate it all very much. Again, thank you to Jeff Katz. I'm Brian Bentley for Mark Villa, for Hank Alexander, and for the fugitive Chris Ballard. We'll see you next week on Top of the Table. <laughs> <laughs>